helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian Certified Counselor and Award-Winning Psychotherapist. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Life Transformation Show. In today's show, Michael will be using the biblical text from Matthew 2, 1 to 19 to launch his topic, King Herod's Four Signs of Paranoia. If you are new to this show, we're on the air every Monday at 9.30 a.m. You can find out more about our not-for-profit organization by going to elimcounselingministry.com or by calling 1-877-544-3546. Elim is a professional counseling organization that provides professional counseling from a Christian perspective. Your donations help us to stay on the air and to provide subsidized counseling to those who can't afford it. It. Let's go right into today's show. In today's show, I will be using the biblical text from Matthew chapter 2. It's the story about King Herod and his response to the wise men news that the Christ child was about to be born. I will be using that story to discuss the topic of paranoia. This is a very important topic to discuss, as statistics tell us that approximately 4.4% of Americans have paranoid personality disorder. That is 9.2 million people. Statistics Canada ranks paranoid personality disorder as one of the most common personality disorders, affecting 5.6% of the population. That's a very, very significant percentage of the population. And as we go through this story, we'll be seeing that King Herod displayed many of the symptoms that's recorded in the Diagnostic Statistical Manual for Mental Disorder, its latest version, the DSM-5, as it is called. The DSM-5 lists seven symptoms that are common in people who have paranoid personality disorder. In looking at the life of Herod, as revealed in the biblical text and from historians, we will see that Herod displayed at least four of the seven criteria, which is the minimum needed for a diagnosis of paranoia, of paranoid personality disorder. Let me say just right off the bat that this show is not meant as a diagnosis for any of our listeners, but solely to give general information. However, if you or a loved one is exhibiting any of these symptoms, you should speak with a mental health professional. The show is meant to give helpful guidelines that can start that initial step towards getting help that you or someone you need may need to take to get help. Let me just warn that left untreated, the symptoms of paranoid personality disorder can get worse over time. When it comes to our biblical character Herod, Two scholars, Professor of Psychiatry Eliza Whittam and Professor Ayer Kasher, historian from Tel Aviv University, wrote a book, and the book is titled King Herod, a, a Persecuted Persecutor, a Case Study in Psychohistory and Psychobiography. 
In that book, they put forward the assessment that based on Herod's obsession with what others were saying that he could be diagnosed with paranoid personality disorder. So I have also looked at the life of Herod and I have also compared it to my study in the DSM-5 in the Manual for Mental Illnesses. And as I look at the list of criteria that is given in that manual, I see that Herod display four of the signs of paranoid personality disorder. So here is the first of the four signs that Herod display. Sign number one is that Herod felt threatened in the absence of objective evidence. Let's examine the evidence of his paranoia regarding the Christ child. Herod was born in 72 BC, we are told by historian. And we are told that he became king in the year 37 BC. At the age of, of age, at age 36, Matthew Henry's commentary on the book of Matthew, page 10, said that Christ was born in the 35th year of King Herod's reign. So this means that when Christ was born, King Herod was already 71 years old and had been reigning for 35 years. So to be 71 and to be worrying about someone who has just been born, he's just a baby, and he's going to be king 30 years from now would be like Donald Trump or Joe Biden feeling threatened by someone who is going to be president 30 years from now. King Herod had no objective reason to be threatened by the birth of the baby Jesus. How long did he think he was going to live? We are told that the life expectancy in Jesus' time was around age 35. And so Herod is already 71. And he's expecting that 30 years from now, this baby that is born is going to overthrow him. He had no reason to be this threatened by the birth of this child. But we can see that this was typical of, of King Herod. The historian Josephus wrote, And there were spies set everywhere, both in the city and in the roads, that watched those who met together. So in other words, King Herod had spies that he would place everywhere on the street to see what others were saying about him when they meet. He was obsessed with what others were saying. And I could see this man in his palace looking out at people in the street discussing and saying, they must be talking about me. I wonder what they're saying about me. And this is one of the symptoms of paranoia that people feel this sense of being threatened by others even without objective facts of what is happening. The historian Josephus also tells us that it is reported that he would sometime disguise himself as a private individual and mix among the multitude in the nighttime in order to 
test what opinion they have of his rule. This sounds like a very paranoid and troubled individual. So there we have this man that is so obsessed with the thoughts of others that he as the king can't even sleep at night. He's on the street mixing with the multitude to try to find out what others think about him. And so we have symptoms of paranoia in our society today that takes many Form. So one form is a person who thinks that co-workers are trying to hurt him or to do things like poisoning his food or spying on his, his activities outside of the workplace. So that's one sign of how it manifests itself today. Another sign of paranoia is a spouse who believes in the absence of evidence, of objective evidence, that a spouse or a partner is cheating on them, even though there is no objective evidence. Some people with paranoia might feel that the government is spying on them, and there is no no evidence of this, but they feel they are not important enough to, <laughs> to be worth the investment that it would take for the government to be spying on them, but they are convinced that they are being spied on. Or maybe it takes the form of a person who thinks that the neighbors are are harassing them or doing things to 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 irritate them when there is no evidence of it and it may take ridiculous forms like leaves may blow from one driveway to the other driveway and they will come out and see those leaves and they will say see this is evidence i know that my neighbor Put this here because he's trying, he's harassing me and he's bullying me, but there is actually no objective evidence that they, they have ever found to say that the neighbor is harassing them. But in their minds, they are convinced that this is taking place. And this is a very hard thing for the spouse of a person who is paranoid because despite showing evidence to the contrary and despite uh, discussing the, the topic with the person in ways that shows the, the other way other, that shows other way of looking at the situation the paranoid person is still convinced that they are right and this wears down the other spouse because the other spouse become overwhelmed with this constant uh, paranoia about what others are saying or are plotting against them. The second sign that we see in the story of King Herod is that Herod doubted the loyalty and the trustworthiness of others. When the wise men came into town and started asking, where is he that is born King of the Jews. We are told in verse 7 of Matthew chapter 2 that Herod called the wise men secretly. And we often read that passage and we skip over the word secretly. But there is a reason why Herod is calling these wise men 
secretly because he doesn't trust the people that he has around him. He's suspicious of others in in his army. And he's calling these men and he's speaking to them in secret because he doesn't want others to know what he's what is concerned about and and it is this it is this it is this lack of trust for others that would be his demise because it would be a better plot if herod really wanted to find out where this christ child would be born a better plot would be to give the wise men an entourage of people to go with them under the under the guise that you are protecting them. So Herod could have said, you know, if you wanted to 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 destroy the Christ child, you could have said, oh, you have come to worship the king. Let me give you an entourage of soldiers to protect you, and we are going to go with you to find this Christ child, so that you might, so that we might worship him also. But Herod did not trust the people he had around him. And so he told the wise men secretly that they should go and find where the Christ child would be born. And that when they had done so, they were to bring him words about his location so that, quote, he too may go and worship the the Christ child also. But we all know that this was a plot to destroy the Christ child. But because Herod didn't trust those around him, he actually sabotaged himself. Because here we have, he's relying on these wise men that he hardly knew, that he, he didn't know at all, I should say, to bring him words about the location, whereas a better plot would be to send them with his soldiers to find to find where this Christ child was born. So in the process of his paranoia, he sabotaged himself. And so it is today that many people with paranoia end up sabotaging themselves. Because this person is paranoid today that their employer doesn't have their well-being at heart, they will do things in the workplace that will lead to them being fired. They will start acting in antisocial ways to people around them that will make them be branded as someone who is antisocial or doesn't get along with peers. So this is one of the dangers of paranoia so that people actually create the very thing that they are trying to protect against. Herod was trying to protect against being deceived by people in his own harm army. He's, he's, he's thinking, if I send my, my soldiers there and they're not loyal to me, they might not come back and tell me where this king is. So I'm going to trust total strangers to, to, to do that for me. And so he sabotaged himself in the process. So if you're listening today and youth you can identify with this symptom. It is important for you to get help because the way that you're acting, the, the, the untrustworthiness that you have of others around you, your spouse, for example, is only going to end up sabotaging your 
relationship. Michael will be right back. You have been listening to the Life Transformation Show where award-winning psychotherapist Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services has been speaking on the topic King Herod's Four Signs of Paranoia. You can find out more about us at elimcounselingministry.com Elim is spelled E-L-I-M counseling with two L's ministry.com where you can also make a donation to this Christ-centered ministry. Back to Michael. And the third point of King Herod's paranoia is that Herod interpreted benign remarks or incidents as threatening. So let us examine uh, the phrase, born king of the Jews. What does this actually mean? And what did it, what, what was King Herod interpreting in this statement? We know for a fact that there was no dynasty in Israel at the time. There was, there was no parallel king that a child could have been born in a royal family. So this was quite a statement that was taken to have meaning that it, that it did not. The, the, the king that was being born was not an earthly king. There was no royal throne established that the king that was was to be born would be any kind of threat to Herod. He was the king. And if anyone was going to succeed him at that time in terms of a, a of a earthly king, it would have to be a descendant of Herod. We know that after the death of Herod that his three sons were appointed to rule in his stead. And so we see that Herod had this fear of the this phrase, this phrase that is is this mystic phrase with deeper meaning, deeper spiritual meaning, king of the Jews. He took that phrase to mean a king that is going to overthrow me. And and so it is that people who has paranoia today will find benign remarks of others as threatening and they will see incident, innocuous incidents that has no significance. They will see these incidents as being threatening in the way that King Herod did from this statement, born king of the Jews. We saw in point number one that there was no objective reason for him to be threatened and he had no objective basis because he was already 71 years old and a king that has been born today would be no threat to him at all. So I'll just read here from a quotation from someone, and this is just something from the internet, someone who is talking about their experience with their spouse. And the person wrote, My husband constantly thinks I have been unfaithful to him. I am his second wife. His first marriage ended because of his wife's unfaithfulness. Since we started dating, my husband had always gone through my phone and constantly asked what I was doing or if I have been talking to someone else. He recently saw a man on a motorcycle near our apartment when he was leaving for work and saw the same man leave right after he got home and thought he must be my lover.' 
is always questioning me and even has accused our child of not being his. I was able to put a stop to that, but other accusations continued. I had to stop using social media, but I occasionally do get on just for fun. Once he finds out, he thinks I must have been talking to someone else, while I really just want to see what my friends and my family are up to. So here we have a picture of a paranoid husband who is suspicious of the wife and he's putting is putting incidents together and he's interpreting incidents in a threatening way that has no correlation whatsoever to what the wife is doing. Just because someone in an apartment building happened to be there when you're leaving happen to be leaving when you're coming home from work doesn't mean that in that apartment complex this person is sleeping with your wife. And so people who are who are paranoid, they put incidents like that together and they attached meaning to it and they they carry this suspicion of others based on these benign incidents and these uneven benign remarks of others. So he had no reason to be suspicious. Herod, that is, had no reason to be suspicious that there was, because there wasn't any in, insurrection that would threaten his kingdom. He was protected by the Roman government. And so there is no one that could have come up in Israel that would be of any match to the might of the, the Roman army. Other examples of paranoia today might be uh, people who at work see two co-workers speaking to each other and they just know that this person is speaking about them. And then we know that this takes also spiritual forms where people who are going through paranoia that they often spiritualize what they're going through. So they will say something like, you know, God showed me that they're talking about me. I can feel it in my spirit that they're discussing me when the whole time it is just the disorder the paranoid personality disorder that is getting the better of them and so it is important that if you see these symptoms in your behavior in a spouse behavior as i said before that you reach out and you get help because this will eat away at the fabric of the relationship and it will become worse over time and the fourth point is that Herod retaliated in the absence of objected evidence. We saw from the other points that there were there was no evidence that Herod was under any threat. Yet he reacted to this perceived threat in his mind. We are told that he gave orders to kill all the boys two years and under. That is verse 16 of Matthew chapter 2. So here we have that Herod is now uh, killing because he thinks that there is some threat to his throne when there is not. And so it is that with people with paranoid personality disorder, they're often acting 
in ways retaliating to others because they perceive that they are being harassed or they are being made fun of or people are trying to harm them or neighbors are spying on them. And in some of these cases, they may actually go and say something to a neighbor that is has no idea at all what they're talking about. So maybe you're a spouse, you're listening, and you have been going through this with, with, with your partner, and you're saying, I know what that feels like. I have been so embarrassed when he accused me of cheating or accused a co-worker of mine of being my lover and, and uh, spoke harshly to that co-worker. So people who are paranoid, they're often retaliating to what they perceive as threat. And we see this in the story. But historians also tell us that Herod was reacting to to these suspicions all the time. We're told that he killed three of his wife's son. He had he married ten times, and there was this beloved wife that he had by the name of Mariam. And we're told that he became suspicious of three of her sons, and he actually killed her sons because he suspected them of trying to overthrow him. We're also told that he killed her her brother, who he, who he was just suspicious of of trying to betray him. But what was even worse is that he actually ended up killing his beloved wife, Miriam, because of the suspicion that she had betrayed him without any evidence. And so in Matthew chapter 2, verse 3, we're told that when the wise men came calling and said, where is he that is born king of the Jews, that that Herod was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. And we read that and we jump over that last part very quickly without stopping to consider why would Jerusalem be troubled? And they were troubled because they knew that Herod could go on a murderous rant if he suspected that there was any threat whatsoever. If he would kill his family that easily, just think what he could do to his subjects if he believed that there was a king lurking somewhere in the shadows, waiting to take over his throne, even though the king was just a baby and he was at the end of his life. So now what do you do if you're in a relationship? And you find yourself with someone who is paranoid and they're doing all sort of crazy things and acting in all sort of ways that are creating havoc in the relationship. The first thing I would say is to react calmly but firmly to suspicions that the person the person raises. So if you're disagreeing, don't go into a lengthy debate about why it's not you because nothing you say is going to convince them. The second thing is... Do not facilitate the mental illness. In other words, do not let the mental illness take control of your life. So if the person wants to move to a different city, for example, or to, you know, to get you to quit your job because someone there, you're having an affair with someone there, do not go along with it. Just 
firmly say why this is not happening and continue living your life. And to do this, this leads to my next point. You need to get help because you will not be able to do this on your own. So get professional help. And finally, I would say set boundaries for yourself. Some things are to be not acceptable. If you allow the person to demean you by spreading rumors about you having affairs with your, you know, to your family members and friends, then you are giving in to the mental illness. And even though it's a mental illness, you will need to put boundaries to say, this is not acceptable and if this continues this is what I will do and so you have so, so there you have it we have come quickly to the end of today's show and I want to thank you so much for joining in on this episode of the live transformation show I want to remind you that we are a not-for-profit organization and this is a listeners funded broadcast so if we would like you to consider making a donation to this ministry donations can be made by going to elimcounselingministry.com elim is spelled e-l-i-m counseling with two l's ministry.com we also want to remind you that we have over 200 podcasts on our youtube channel which you can access to the website that you can find help on a number of different subjects and we want to also remind you that we're on the air every monday morning at 9 30 a.m and so until next time this is your host michael hart of elim counseling services praying that god would bless you in all your relationships and to keep you sound in mind and pure in heart